What's going on, guys? Welcome to A Stimulated Minute. My name is Luke. I'm your host. And today is Thursday, May 20th. And I got a little, just a little something to bring to the table for you. So today's Stimulated Minute is simply called Failure to Launch. Now, let me explain what I mean by failure to launch. So having been around for a while, I'm 41 years old, and I have worked with, you know, a lot of different companies and a lot of different people over the years. And one of the things that stands out to me the most when it comes to just business in general is that exact term, failure to launch. And let me explain myself a little bit better, especially from a marketing standpoint. I've reached out to some companies lately and, you know, trying to expand, you know, uh, my market share of of the uh, space right now. And I'm getting a lot of feedback from people that we don't need a marketing company because we know how to market our products better than anybody else. Yet you go and you'll check out something as simple as like this company's socials and, you know, they've got 300 followers. They, you know, get two likes on a picture and maybe one comment that looks like it's from bot and, you know, are likes and comments massive? No, but if you're a business and you're trying to grow and scale your business in today's digital marketplace, it makes a difference. And a lot of people will either do one of two things. They either sit on their laurels and they think old school. You know, if they're, if it's an older company or if the leadership is older in years, they look back at what used to work and they don't want to change. And then you have the you know, the companies that, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And what they think is we're making money now. So why should we try to do anything differently? And at the end of the day, you know, the goal of every company should be to scale, to grow, to get bigger. And if you're just getting by, or if you're growing at a minimal rate, you might want to look into things and start determining how you can scale and grow faster, but in a realistic pace. Like obviously, you know, one of the comments that I will get back from people once in a while is, well, we don't have the staff to support that. So of course, in a situation like that, you may want to scale at a rate that is equivalent to the help that you have. And as you continue to grow, you hire on new people, you train them and you get them in the right positions to ensure that you have what you need in order to scale your company properly. But I think what a lot of company owners will say, you know, and this goes back to not only just not hiring a marketing company, but hiring a marketing company and then trying to tell the marketing company what to do. And I think that's probably one of the most difficult scenarios because I made a you know, really big uh, notation you know, to somebody that I was talking to the other day. And I told them, I was like, dude, listen, I'm like, you know, I, I'm, I'm just gonna shoot you, shoot you straight and I'm going to talk to you, you know, as if you were a friend, if you don't mind. And he's like, no, not at all. And I'm like, well, at the end of the day, I have a herniated L4, L5 in my back. If I go to the neurosurgeon, the top neurosurgeon in the country to get surgery, I'm not going to sit there for three hours and tell the guy how I want the surgery to go and then expect him to like take notes and follow my lead. This dude is the best neurosurgeon in the, in the country. I'm going to let him do his thing. You know, there's no reason why I'm going to have to step in and try to tell this guy what to do. And the same thing goes for, you know, your car breaks down, you take that shit to a mechanic. You don't sit there and throw parts at it and try to fix it in your driveway until 
and spend money and time on it until finally you get frustrated with it and take it to a mechanic anyway, at least not in most cases. Now, obviously, if you're a mechanic or you have mechanical ability, some people are different. But at the end of the day, you understand what I'm saying. So if you hire a marketing firm, why would you tell them what to do? Why would you handcuff your marketing firm and tell them this is how we want things done? The idea of marketing is to capture the customer's attention, to hold on to their attention long enough to be able to tell them who, what, where, why, what we do, what we're selling, what we want you to buy, and then to be able to convert that customer to a purchase. That's the idea behind marketing. But sometimes owners especially will tend to overcomplicate things. You know, I have a specific person that comes to mind that wants everything to be scientific, wants everything to be laid out as if it were, you know, in biology class, or if we were, you know, to, to talk, to discuss how things change in the body and, you know, and, and whatnot. And, and a lot of times that's, you're overcomplicating a scenario. You know, if you're in the sports nutrition space and you're selling a fat burner, it burns fat. You're going to lose weight. Those are key terms and terminology that you're going to use in order to market that product. Now, obviously, sometimes the wording has to be changed because obviously like with Facebook and things like that, you can't go on and say fat burner. You can't go on and say lose weight. There, you know, there's a lot of regulations, but there's ways around that. And there's wording and terminology you can use that will convey the same message, but do it in such a way that it's not um, do it in such a way that it's not actually saying, you know, burn fat and whatnot. So I just, you know, I want people to understand that just like any other industry, you know, when you hire a marketing firm, this is what a company needs to do. You need to sit down with your marketing firm. You need to tell them about your culture. You need to tell them about your vision and you need to make sure they understand your ethos and what is important to you. What's the message that you want to convey to your customers and if that changes from product to product, then you need to let them know that. If it's an overall scope and you want the products marketed and, and marketed based on the way they work and what they do, then that's fine. Let the company know. But at the end of the day, it just doesn't make sense to pay somebody and then tie their hands and say, well, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want it marketed. I don't like those words you use. I don't like those colors. I don't like the way this is being presented. You know, at the end of the day, if you've hired more than one marketing firm in twelve years in, 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 in a twelve-month cycle, chances are you're the problem, not the companies. <laughs> you know, and at the end of the day, that's just a simple truth. And you know, I, I look back at you know marketing in general, and things have really changed a lot. You know, over the last twenty years, I remember my first dip or dabble into marketing. You know, was before. We really had social media. I mean, we Instagram was was fairly new. I mean, during the course of having like my company, we Instagram. I, re, I remember the day where like we all logged on and we're like, "Wow, you can post videos on Instagram now." You know, it was like a big deal back then. And still, people weren't doing a whole lot with with uh, Facebook. There wasn't a whole lot of marketing out there. Nowadays, I laugh because you'll talk to a company, and people genuinely believe that the only way you can make money with through marketing is doing Facebook and Google ads. And I'm like, no, that's not true. <laughs> There's a lot of other ways you can make money marketing digitally than just Facebook and Google ads. And I think people forget a lot about the free space, free media, like things like that, that you can actually present, you know, present your products and do it in such a way that actually gets people's attention without, without even having to spend money on that physical advertising. But, you know, there is, 
paid advertising is always going to be the highest yield, but there's also other markets for that as well. So it's just a, you know, a pet peeve of mine to step into, you know, again, we'll go back to the mechanic piece. I don't take my car to the mechanic and then stand over the mechanic's shoulder and say, Hey man, don't forget to take that screw out. Hey man, make sure you tighten that down. Hey man, you know, this isn't that the part you're supposed to be replacing. No, I bring my car to the mechanic. I drop it off. They call me when it's done and I go pick it up. You know, it's just like if you have a clogged pipe in your house, you call the plumber, the plumber comes out and fixes it. You don't stand over the plumber's, you know, shoulder and tell the plumber what to do while they're there. And the same thing goes with marketing. You know, if you, if you do an, uh, if you do a bang up job of conveying your message, your vision, your culture, what you want customers to see, hear, and believe when they hear, when they see the branding for your company, then the marketing company will absolutely take that and run with it. excuse me. And that's the beauty of hiring a marketing company that has a vision, hiring a marketing company that has creativity, hiring a marketing company that can put together and and develop a proper plan for you. You know, I've, I've yet to bring on a new client where I don't devise a plan, express that plan to them, to them. And then we move forward with it. You know, it's every company. I think, I think the, the toughest thing about marketing right now in just in the United States in general, but in the world is the hurry up and buy, you know, um, instant gratification piece. Every company believes that they hire, I'll hire a marketing firm today and tomorrow we're going to start making more money. But that's not always the case. You know, there's some discovery time. We need to learn about your brand. We need to see exactly what people are saying about your brand, what kind of market share you currently hold, what your, what feedback from customers are, things like that. And then we need to start running campaigns and seeing what we can do with certain things and seeing the feedback we get from that. The reality is that in today's digital marketplace, marketing in the beginning is very much going to be trial and error. So it's going to, any good marketing firm will tell you, it's going to take three to six months for us to really hit a stride and to see and to start really seeing, you know, a great return on our investment overall. But most companies won't wait that long. Most companies give a company, the reality is they give a company about the 90 day mark. And if they don't, if they're not where they want to be in 90 days, they shut the door and move on to another company. And that cycle remains in place over and over and over and over again. And if it doesn't, then they just happen to get lucky with somebody that either builds off of a platform that was already there, which I've experienced that myself, where another company will step in and actually look at what's already been built out in a lot of the um, software, you know, within the software for the company already. And they'll start basically on a elevated platform already. And they'll be able to kind of gain some ground based off of that, but they still struggle to hit targets, you know, that the company may have set for themselves in terms of their goals and things like that. So it's tough, man. And have, you know, being in this space, it's not, always easy to convince people or to, you know, have that conversation with an owner where you're like, look, I need six months. I need you right now to sit down with me, sign a contract and say, you will give me six months to get me within 10%, you know, of the numbers that you've laid out, you know, for us. And as long as I'm there by then, you'll allow us to continue to work together and grow because at the end of the day, it's not, it's, it simply is not that easy. You know, the digital market space has changed so great, you know, I mean, even in just the last 18 months since COVID, um, you know, 16 months since, since uh, COVID-19 became a thing, 
And it's just, it's incredible to, to the extent that's necessary to make changes, you know, and, uh, and to, and to really grow with, like one of the things that I laugh about is, you know, I've, I've had conversations with companies where I'll say, I give them an exact strategic outline of a launch or a product or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. And a lot of times this will be in a consulting style um, manner or situation. And then I'll follow them, see what's going on. I'll pay attention. And then when it comes down to the physical launch, they literally just boop, you know, instead of building this incredible hype, this incredible energy, and then boom, thrusting their new product or whatever out there onto the marketplace or their new brand, they do it in such a way that it's, I mean, that it doesn't barely make a splash in the pond. And at the end of the day, that's not how you build a business. That's not how you launch a product. That's not how you launch a brand. You need to build excitement. You need to get people hype about it. You know, there's a reason why there are, there are people waiting outside of a Best Buy sleeping in tents when the new iPhones come out because Apple has done such a good job building the hype and making people, you know, want and need that product as soon as it hits the, the shelves, just like they've done with PlayStation and, you know, the and Xbox and all these other things that are out there. They do such a great job in those spaces of building that hype, building that energy that people just, they've got to have it. They're drooling and, you know, and they're like, oh my God, I can't wait. I got to get there three days ahead of time and put my tent up and barbecue my hot dogs outside just to wait to get the new iPhone or the PlayStation or whatever the case may be. That's all marketing, you know? I mean, and and to, to look at a company that can do something like that and then to look at another company where they come out with a phenomenal new product that should be a world-changing potential you potentially have a world changing effect on people and it just goes boop and hey you know there's it's like it's like you walk into a an auditorium that holds a hundred thousand people and there's three people standing there going you know i just i just really i really don't understand it and i've and i've you know been i've been privy to that in, in quite a few situations with multiple different companies where you know you outline just an aggressive plan of what needs to be done and you know, and a lot of times spend is the concern. I mean, they'll look at the dollars that need to go into creating content, videos, you know, things like that, that, that make this particular scenario, for lack of a better term, epic. You know, I looked at one of the things that I talked about in a post that I just did recently, one of my favorite marketing campaigns in the last few years was, the, was Dodge's marketing campaign for the Dodge Demon. When the Dodge Demon became a thing, there was a lot of numbers floating around. There was a lot of, well, it might be this, well, it might be that. So Dodge took that hype and just completely expound upon it. And what they did is they released a series over a six month period of time before the vehicle was officially released at the New York International or the, it might've been the Detroit Auto Show. But when they officially released the vehicle and they would do these 47 to 60 second little short videos and it was burning rubber, engine sounds, they might have sneak in like a an engine, uh, I mean a, a a body panel or two, you know, and then there would be an explosion at the end, and the demon logo would come up, and it would say, you know, you know, I forget exactly what it was, the the slogan that Dodge did at the time because it's been a long time, but they released six or seven of those, all different from different you know aspects of the vehicle, and dude, every time one popped up, 
I'd be on my phone like, oh man, I got to check this out right now. You know, there's no waiting. And, I, and, and as a car guy, I know I wasn't the only one. I had buddies that were texting me like, oh, dude, did you see the new Demon video? Yeah, man, it's awesome. I can't wait until it comes out. And it gets people talking. It gets people excited. It gets people hyped. And that's what you got to do when you're coming out with a new brand or a new product or a new anything. I mean, you've got to build hype. You know, I've talked to a lot, of customer, a lot of customers and a lot of companies about Easter eggs. You know, Easter eggs, just like they use Easter eggs in, the, in Hollywood and in the film aspect of life, Easter eggs are huge when it comes to marketing. There's so many cool things you can do with Easter eggs that can literally get people like using magnifying glasses to look at things on your marketing and stuff like that, where you could potentially have a new product coming out. Maybe you have a brand new you know, label, or you have a new, a new piece of apparel, or you have a new product altogether coming out and maybe it's sitting on the table, you know, just slightly out of focus behind you in a video that you're doing that you're talking about something current, you know, and you get people buzzing and people start commenting and they're like, Hey, what's that bottle that was on the table behind you? Oh, well, you have to wait and find out, you know what I mean? Little things like that create a buzz. They create hype, they create energy. And that's where a lot, a lot of companies are falling short in today's digital marketplace. And uh, hey, it's a failure to launch, baby. Until next week, I'm out of here.